Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. If you're looking at verse 5 in chapter 11, say amen. And he said to them, which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed and I cannot rise to give to you. I say to you, Though he will not rise, in verse 8, and give to him because he is his friend, yet because of his, watch this, persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. And so I say to you in verse 9, would you underline that? So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. And if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then being evil. Isn't that interesting? The Lord says, if you then being evil. You know, wives, you can tell your husbands, you evil. You could be biblical. Husbands, you can tell, tell your wives. You can, uh, husbands, you can tell your wife. It's the other way around. Husband, tell your wife, you evil. You be biblical. It's right here in the Bible. We all want to be biblical. I want to be biblical. Y'all evil. Everybody evil. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts, in verse 13, are you with me? Know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Saints, stop right there. Give me your attention. This story is a story of contrast and not comparison. A story of contrast and not comparison. Last week, Jesus said, when we pray, we are to say our Father. In other words, when you pray, you come as a child. Then Jesus contrasts the relationship that we have as children to a grumpy neighbor. Listen, God is not a grumpy neighbor. Can the church say amen? You know that. And God doesn't sleep. And you don't irritate him when you come to him. How do you know that, Rodney? Because right here, God says, Jesus says, ask, seek, knock. 
He's telling us to come to him. So beginning now in verse 5, Jesus is continuing to talk about prayer. Point number one, if you're tracking with me, we are to pray boldly. So in our story, a friend comes at midnight. Did you get that? A friend comes at midnight. Now, I don't think, listen, I don't think I'll be calling you a friend if you come to my house at midnight. I might call you crazy. Might call you something else. Hallelujah. But I don't know if I'll be calling you a friend. The friend comes at midnight. Notice, and a neighbor, and and, and in the middle of the night, a neighbor goes next door and he says, friend, I have nothing in the fridge to give to my friend who showed up unexpectedly. And the neighbor says, leave me alone. Don't trouble me. Don't you see my doors shut and the kids are in the bed? Go away, go away. So the neighbor would not get up and give him something to eat. And the man was bold. Did you get this? The man was bold and persistent. He finally got up to give the man what he needed. Now, we need to understand this. Listen, look at me. We need to understand this in its cultural context because in the Bible, hospitality was important in that culture. Not so much important today. I remember, I was telling them first and third, I remember years ago, when you move into a neighborhood, whatever happened to this? When you move into a neighborhood, somebody comes over and they give you a pie. Y'all, anybody know what I'm talking about? Or was it just like me and my world? They come and give you a pie. They come knock on the door, hi, we're this family, and we made you a pie. Welcome to the neighborhood. Now, people don't do that. I've been in my neighborhood 11 years. I'm still waiting for my pie. (laughs) I'm waiting for my pie. I haven't got my pie. I'm I'm traumatized by this. It's not good. Matter of fact, I'll tell you something. I told them second. My neighbors, you know, I I don't understand it, but my neighbors, they don't like me. They don't like us, and I don't know why, because we are a lovely, lovely, lovely family. I mean, seriously, we, we, we are a lovely family. We come outside in the morning to empty the trash, and we come out like this. I don't know why they don't like us. And I have to be honest with you, I'm not so fond of them either. Let the church say amen. Y'all know y'all got neighbors like that too. But there was a time now that in the Bible, listen, in some villages, get this, you'll find this amazing. In some villages in the Middle East, when a stranger came into town, everyone was expected to bring something. Some brought fruit, some brought wine, some brought olives, some brought bread. And if you were asked to help out and bring something and you didn't, if someone saw you in the marketplace, they would spit on you. I know. Because you were giving the village a bad reputation. That's how high hospitality was held. Now listen, Jesus isn't saying or teaching, don't go to God when he's sleeping because that's when he's crabby and he's going to send you away. That's not what he's teaching. As if God is saying, you come in the middle of the night, why couldn't you talk to me in the daytime? And this is also not saying that God is unwilling to help us and we have to bug him. Don't you understand, you cannot bug God to get the things you want. I wish we could get that in the minds of our children. You cannot bug me to get the things. Kids are, they something else. Please, 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 can I have it, can I have it, can I have it? Please, 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 please. My kids was like that. They still like that. One of them, 30 years old. Please, please, please. 
I'm like, you're too grown to be asking me for something. You need to be giving me, please, please. I'm saying, please, 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 please. And kids, they just ask over and over, and then they go, please, 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 with sugar on top. As if, if that's the magic word. That's the key phrase. If they say, with sugar on top, well, certainly you're going to change your mind. You know what I mean? With sugar on top, can I please, please, please? Listen, you cannot bug God and get what you want. God doesn't operate that way, and some people do. They'll say, Jesus, 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 and they bug him. Listen, if you're taking notes, you write this down, please. Prayer, listen, is based on, please write this down, prayer is based on sonship and not friendship. Did you hear me? I think two people got it. (laughs) Prayer is based on sonship and not friendship. Jesus is saying, if a friend will do this for a friend, how much more will your heavenly father gladly give to you? And you are a child of God. You are a son of God. Jesus is saying, even in the context of an earthly relationship, if you have a friend and you're not afraid, you're not afraid to call them if you need something. And even if it's a hassle, you're friends and they, and they will boldly call you. You know, me as a pastor, that happens to me quite regularly, actually. People call me in the middle of the night. You know, they come call my cell in the middle. I keep my cell by my bed. And people call me in the middle of the night, and they, Pastor Rodney, oh, this happened. I'm listening. You know, it's like 3 in the morning. Yes, 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 I understand. Yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, oh, yes, we better pray. Yes, we better pray. And I hang up the phone. I go, why did they have to call me? Why didn't they call Pastor Johnny? Call Pastor Jim. Call Ron. Call Elvira. Why'd you call me? Why? Because of relationship, because of friendship. Jesus is making the point that, listen, if this guy, it would do this for a friend, how much more would the Heavenly Father give to you? God will gladly give to those who ask, and we don't need to storm heaven to get it. Do you understand? Listen, prayer, I told you this last week. Test, I told you this last week. Prayer isn't overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of God's, anybody know? Willingness. Do y'all realize all three services failed that test? Okay, next week, I'm going to give it to you one more time. And if you don't pass, I'm going to give you all an F. Prayer, write it down because I am going to ask you next week. Prayer, listen, isn't overcoming God's reluctance. It's laying hold of God's willingness. You don't have to have a certain prayer voice to get heard in heaven. Did you hear me? You don't have to have a certain prayer voice. And, uh, you know, I've been around for a minute. I've been around the ministry for a minute. And you don't have to change your voice to pray, you know? You know what I'm saying? Heavenly Father. If thou willest, cometh down upon thee thine servants. Wait a minute. You got to change your voice to pray. God doesn't need you to change your voice to pray. Look, he knows the intent of your heart. He certainly can hear you if you pray in a normal tone. Please, church, say amen. amen. You, and, and listen to this. And here's another thing. You're going to love it. Listen, you'll love this. You don't have to yell when you talk to God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
folk get to yelling. You're in a prayer meeting and people get to yelling. I was, I mean, okay. One time in this prayer meeting, and like we're like standing holding hands, and this, and this lady, she was the sweetest, oh, she was sweet as pie. The, the pie didn't get. And she was, uh, <laughs> she was sweet as pie. And she, we were holding hands, and she, she got the praying, boy, she got the, she could pray too. And she got the yelling. She was just, she's squeezing my hand. I'm telling my hand was blue. And I, I'm, she, she was just screaming and yelling. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know how you're praying. I'm looking over like, you know how when you open that one eye, okay, you just lost me when I open that one eye. You know what I mean? You get that one eye open. It's just like, I don't know if I'm feeling you right now. And she, she got the, yeah, 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 yeah. I started, I wanted to ask her if she needed a cup of water or something. <laughs> What's wrong, sweetie? You need a cup of water. You don't have to yell when you talk to God. God can hear you, and you don't have to put on certain prayer clothing to get heard in heaven. If you are a child of God, listen, God will hear you. Hebrews chapter, I'll wait while you clap your hands because you should be happy about that. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace and help in a time of need. You can boldly come to God and pray at any time. Point number two in our outline, we are to pray passionately. Not only pray boldly, but pray passionately. Look at verse 9 in your Bibles, if you will, again. I had you underline the word, I say to you. Now, when Jesus says, I say to you, he is speaking with all the authority of heaven. Jesus says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open. And this is easy to remember. Listen, this is, here's an acrostic for you, an acrostic. Ask, A-S-K. An acrostic, Jesus says, ask, A, seek, S, K, knock. Ask. There's an acrostic for you. Here's another one for you, grace. G-R-A-C-E. Don't you love grace? Four people love grace. Don't you love grace? G-R-A-C-E. God's riches at Christ's expense. Here's another one for you. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Forsaking all, I take him. Jesus has given us an acrostic here. Ask, seek, and knock. And Jesus says, everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. So Jesus is saying, listen, ask, seek, knock. Now I want to help you to understand something. I'm not trying to impress you, and I certainly don't want to bore you with Greek, but this is very important that you understand. Listen close and take notes. In Greek grammar, there are three verbs. We have three verbs here. Ask, seek, knock. And these verbs are imperative, imperatives. There are two basic kinds of imperatives in the New Testament. There are aortist imperatives, which is a command to do something at one particular time. Aortist, if you're taking notes, A-O-R-I-S-T. And that's a command to do something now and do it at one time. And then there is the present imperative, which is a command to keep on doing something indefinitely. So you have one imperative means to do it and do it now. One time, that's it. 
But then you have the present imperative, which means to do something and to keep on doing it and do it indefinitely. What Jesus is saying here is ask, seek, and knock. They are in the present imperative, which means we are to ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. Notice in verse 10 in your Bibles, for everyone who continues to ask continues to receive, and he who continues to seek continues to find, and he who continues to knock, it will be open. What this is saying is our asking, our seeking, and our knocking should be a lifestyle. We should be people, that's what the Bible says, that we are to pray without ceasing. We should always be asking. We should continually seek. And we should continually knock. We should be people of prayer. That's why I don't not concern with what other churches do. I know that in the U.S., you'd be surprised, but there are very few churches that have an all-church prayer meeting on a monthly basis or even a yearly basis. Some churches have like given up on prayer and everybody's just going to pray and that's the end of it. Listen, don't you know, I told you just last Saturday, we had an all-church prayer meeting. We have a monthly all-church prayer meeting. And just last Saturday, we had more than 120 people in that prayer meeting. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? And it is awesome because... I was blessed to see so many people come out and pray because we need to be people of prayer. And we don't need to be people of prayer. Listen, we don't need to be people of prayer who only pray in an emergency. Because you let an emergency happen, boy, everybody praying. Everybody praying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 9-11, church was packed. 9-11 church around the United States Every church was packed to the hilt. Our church, we had three services, and all three services, we had people out the doors in chairs, all the way back to the cafe, and all the way back on the administrative side. It was packed after 9-11. And about three, four weeks later, after everybody calmed down, uh, people, church was back to normal. In an emergency, people pray. You have an emergency in your house, you start praying, Lord, if you do this, Lord, if you do that, God, we shouldn't be people, we shouldn't be people who pray only in an emergency. And I think the reason why we don't pray in the church, I told you this last week, please forgive me, I tell you again. The reason why we don't pray in the church today, because I don't believe that we really believe that we really need to be praying. We don't. You know why? Because if you really believe that you really needed to pray, you would. I just can't seem to find the time. You find the time for everything else? Ask you about the latest movie? Yeah, oh, that was a good movie. Child, you got to go see that movie. Television show coming on? Oh, 24 coming on next week. I can't wait. So y'all think I'm passing on? No, I know what's going on in the world. Y'all think I'm living a hole. I know what's happening. Ooh, American Idol starting, boy. I'm going TiVo. <laughs> got time for everything else. You got time for prayer. Jesus said, could you pray one hour? You got one hour? And in your entire week, you have one hour. Of course you do. Got five minutes? Of course you do. We need to be people of prayer, continually to seek, and to, it should be a lifestyle. Now, listen. When Jesus says everyone who asks, does everyone mean everyone? Well, listen, not 
Watch this. Not exactly. What do you mean, Rodney? Remember, I just told you that prayer is based on sonship and not what? Friendship. Very good. Prayer is based on sonship and not friendship. So everyone is referring to every born again Christian. Everyone refers to those who are children of God. Contrary to popular opinion, listen, we are not, listen, I'm going to say something that is completely not politically correct. Okay? Okay? Nothing new. Thank you. We are not all children of God. People say, well, everybody, we're all children of God. Listen, forget that. It's not a matter of being politically correct or not. It's a matter of being biblically correct or not. And what is biblically correct is that we are not all children of God. Now, we are all God's creatures, and we are all created by God. He is the creator of everything. But we're not all children of God, and God is not everyone's father. In order for God to be your father, you have to become his son, or you have to become his child. In order for you to be a child of God, you've got to receive Jesus, the Son of God, into your heart and be born again, and then you are a child of God, and then God is your Father. Are you getting me? So everybody is not God's child. We're all God's creations, and he is the creator, and God in his providential care and common grace, he sustains and he provides for all people, sun, rain, food, health, that's God's grace. And whether you know him or you don't know him, you need to be thankful because he reigns on the just as well as the unjust, and even if, I'll wait while you clap your hands, and even if, listen, And even if you don't know him and you're not a Christian, you still need to be thankful because God has blessed you. What do you mean, Rodney? You don't even know me. You mean I'm blessed. I know you're blessed. You know how I know you're blessed? Because you woke up this morning. Right? You woke up this morning. And you're blessed. And even if you don't know the Lord, God has blessed you. God's hand is upon you. He reigns on the just as well as the unjust. And the prayer that God will hear from you is the prayer when you say, Lord, come into my heart. I repent of my sin. I want to be born again. I believe in your son. It's that prayer God does hear from you. And then you become a child of God. But everyone who asks refers to Jesus, his disciples in the context, also his children and everyone who is born again. Now, let me give you five if you're taking notes and you're still with me. Let me give you five important points about asking. Number one, we are to ask in prayer. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and I in you, you can ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. We should ask in prayer. You know, somebody once said that one of the greatest needs in the church today is prayer. Y'all agree with that? John Maxwell said the detonator that churches lack today is prayer. It has the power to ignite the dynamite of the gospel and powerfully shake the world. Prayer. We need to be people of prayer. We need to pray for Haiti. I was watching uh, uh, CNN this morning. And you know how we have our logo says help for Haiti. CNN has saving Haiti. And I read that and I thought, CNN ain't saving nobody. 
Jesus saved. Somebody clap your hands and say amen. Saving Haiti? Seeing that ain't saving Haiti. I don't care what you do for Haiti. You're not saving Haiti. What Haiti needs is prayer. What Haiti needs, and this is a whole other topic. We won't go there. But what Haiti needs is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And... Point number one, ask in prayer. I got to move quick because I got to meet at 2 o'clock. Okay, ask in prayer. Number two, ask in his name. You write this down. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Did you get that? Now, there's some people who think that adding the name of Jesus is like, is like having, like, signing a blank check. Like if they pray... And whatever they ask, if after their prayer they say in Jesus' name, that God is obligated to do that thing that they asked. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.